have uh, heard a lot of Hasidus about the month of El. But we're very spoiled. We're very spoiled. Because we don't realize how rich the what we're getting. We don't we don't know what the rest of the world, which is, unfortunately is not had a chance to taste from the waters of Hasidus, how they look at the month of El. Um, Rabbi Wolshansky was here a little while ago. He, he shared a, a uh, an exchange he had with another rabbi who told him his picture of, of, of the month of El. He said, imagine there's a lion, a ferocious lion. And the lion is uh, in the field. It, the lion, the lion is, is, is in the zoo. So, you know, you know, if you'll be with a lion, you'll be you're afraid of the lion in the zoo. And imagine, though, however, one day the lion is let out of the zoo and you're alone in the field with the lion. So, so, so that's how he explains what the month of El was about. He says, the month of El, Hashem is our king, but Hashem is, uh, you know, is, is, not, is, not, is not so scrutinizing. The month of El, the king of the, all animals is in the field, and therefore, and therefore it's terrifying. We're stuck with this ferocious lion, this, this, this scary, angry God who is who is wants to zap us and ready to, to scrutinize everything. That's how he understood the month of El, unfortunately. With, with the Altarev's parable, there's a real, there's not just a, a difference in understanding what El is about, there's a difference in understanding what life is about and what, who Hashem is, what Hashem is about. What's the parable? The parable has many, many layers. And uh, whatever we're going to learn, there's, there's more and more layers of the parable. But let's uh, try today to go through a few points of the parable. And let's um, uh, hopefully get a richer understanding of the gift that Hashem is giving us in this month. Um, on the surface, the Alter Rebbe in the Tera his goal in giving a parable. What's the purpose of a parable? A parable is, is meant to um, to explain something which is not something that you can understand without the parable. In the parable to explain something that, that's not so simple. So what, what is the purpose of the parable? The purpose of the parable is to explain two opposite features in this month. Usually, whenever Hashem reveals Himself to us, the new light of Hashem is revealed, so there is a, it's a holiday. It's a holiday because in order to experience the light of Hashem, we have to go away from the physical world in order to experience the light of Hashem. Elul is the revelation of Hashem. And not just any revelation, but the revelation of Hashem in the month of Elul is unique in that it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, the, it's a very high revelation. It's a revelation of 13 attributes of mercy of Hashem. So you think if it's such a high revelation, any revelation of Hashem to experience, we have to go away from the mundane, we have to get involved in, in the spiritual, we have to, closer, we, we have to um, stop working. And uh, you think for sure to receive the revelation in the month of Elul, for sure we'd have to stop working. Because it's not only is it, it's a high, it's, it's a revelation which is similar to the revelation of Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur is, Yom Kippur is a climax of these days of mercy. That's the highest and greatest revelation of Hashem's mercy to us in Yom Kippur. And that's why Hashem forgives us for all of our sins in Yom Kippur because it's, the, it's a full revelation of Hashem's mercy. So this revelation of Hashem's mercy begins in the month of Elul on the first day of Elul and can progress as greater and greater. So we already start seeing when Moshe Rabbeinu 
ascended on the mountain on the, in the beginning of the month of Elul, that's when the beginning of this period of mercy and rachman uh, starts, and it increases until the climax in Yom Kippur. So, it, so just like in Yom Kippur, not only do we stop working, but we stop eating, so you'd think Elul also, there should be this, this, this total um, divestment of all physical things, and we should stop and we, in order to experience this revelation. So in order to explain why we still have, uh, we, we still could go to work, the Alter Rebbe gives a parable of the king of the field. The king usually is in the palace. In order to see the king in the palace, you have to have permission to see the king. Uh, but the king leaves the palace and he goes out in the field to be with the people. And there in the field, anyone who wants to can see him. And the king greets everyone with a beautiful face and shows everyone a smiling face. So the purpose of the parable on the surface is just to express how you don't have to leave the world to be able to receive the revelation of Hashem. The revelation of Hashem is in the place of the people. You don't have to go to the palace. You don't have to go away from the physical. You could be where you are. The field represents the mundane physical things that we do. So the revelation of Elul is in a way greater than Yom Kippur because it's not in a way that you have to go away from anything to experience it. Rather, Hashem reveals Himself to us and connects Himself to us where we are in the field. That's the that's a similar um, idea to what we were discussing yesterday about to Nesrufus and Rabbi Akiva. Nesrufus asks Rabbi Akiva, how is it that God commands us to keep Shabbos? And He says in the Torah, Magid excuse me, whatever God tells us to do, He does Himself. How does God command us to keep Shabbos uh, when He Himself doesn't keep Shabbos? On Shabbos, Hashem allows rain to fall and He irrigates the earth and the wind to blow and all things to happen on Shabbos which we can't do. So Makiva answered him that for Hashem the whole world is a private domain. And since it was a private domain, therefore Hashem is allowed to work on Shabbos. But that doesn't answer the question. There are 39 things we can't do on Shabbos. One of them is to carry from the private domain to the public domain, but many other things. So why is it that Rabbi Kiva said that Hashem is allowed to work because the world for, Hashem, world for Hashem is a private domain? What's the difference between a private domain and a public domain? A private domain means something that belongs to one person. Public domain means that there are many people. What's the world? Is the world a private domain? Or is the world a public domain? So our experience, the world is that Hashem hides Himself, and there's all the forces in the world, and there's things that could uh, hurt us and help us in the world besides Hashem. That's our experience. That's how we feel. But the truth is, that there's nothing else besides Hashem. No one can help us or hurt us. Hashem. The all there is is that is Hashem. The world is a private domain. So once a week on Shabbos, we stop working to experience this truth how the world is a private domain of Hashem. But Hashem doesn't have to stop working. But Hashem, it's, the world is a private domain. In a similar way, uh, in the revelation of El is in a way that's in our place, where we are on Sixton Hill, where we are in our, in, in our mundane thing, and we will engage in the mundane, we're still experiencing Hashem's closeness. You know what I'm saying? On the Shabbos, you can carry your palette, your photo, only, only if, only if it's a private domain, not in the public, not in the public area. Doesn't matter. Only, only if it's a private domain, not in the public area. So what I'm saying is, Hashem, anything you get, is that good? So even the wind and all those work you get, is that good? It's a good. It's not a to carry, it's a good thing, but we will carry the, like we carry for a 
Hashem doesn't make, doesn't make it hard, you think. Hashem makes it a Shabbos whether we can handle it. Yes. But, but you, you can't do it. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Yes, Hashem, the term mitzvahs is not meant to, 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 to make it hard for us. That's, that's actually one of the major points I wanted to say about the kingdom of the field. It's not just that Hashem is accessible to us. As opposed to the Zai who is afraid of the lion running in the field and attacking him, we're celebrating. The king is in the field. Hashem is close to us. Hashem is, is with us. It's, it, it, it's a celebration. Such a great celebration that the Rebbe said it will make sense not to say any Tachnum a whole month ago. Why shouldn't say Tachnum? Because just like we don't say Tachnum on other days when there's a celebration, something special happens, something good happens, the month of El is a time when Hashem is so close to us and so accessible to us, the rule should have been no Tachnum, no confessionary prayers, no reason to talk about the negative and, and celebrate. Hashem is close to us. The reason we do say Tachnum, as we learned yesterday, is similar to the reason why there's no mitzvah, even though it's so important, there's no mitzvah to dance in Simplest Torah. Simplest Torah is the greatest celebration we have all year, and yet there's no mitzvah to dance. And why is no mitzvah to dance? As we discussed yesterday, there's no mitzvah to dance in Simplest Torah. It's similar to another question. How come there's no mitzvah to accept upon yourself Hashem as your king? It seems in order to begin anything in Judaism, Anything, you have to first have relationship with Hashem. Yet that's not a mitzvah, according to many opinions, to accept upon yourself Hashem as your king. And that's where everything starts. And why is that not a mitzvah? In fact, there's another thing, another question. How comes no mitzvah to educate your children? Why isn't that, that's it, that's the most important thing, is educating your children. That's everything based at the whole Judaism hinges on, on parents giving their children the truth, the ethos of Torah, and training them in Torah. And there's no mitzvah. Why not? Because there are some things which are higher than mitzvahs. They're higher than mitzvahs. They come from within ourselves. So when something is not within you in the deepest sense, they need to be commanded about it. When something is really who you are, no, there's no reason for a command. So because our devotion to Hashem is not something that uh, hinges, hinges upon Hashem's command to us. Rather, it's something which comes from within us. There's no commandment. And so too, there's no mitzvah to educate our children. It's something which comes from within the Jewish people. It's something which is which is, we, we, we keep to our mitzvahs, we love it, and therefore we naturally want to share it with our children. It's not something which is, needs to be commanded. And so to the dancing of Simchas Torah, why do we dance to the Torah? As Baal says, a Jew dances with God. It's not because you have to, not because you're supposed to. If it was just because you're supposed to and you have to, then the, the dancing, the celebration would be limited. The dancing of Simchas Torah is deeper. It's, it comes from, because we want that to the Torah. It's higher than a mitzvah, deeper than a mitzvah. It's the essence of the Neshama celebrates with God. And so to the month of Elul, is a time when the essence of the Neshama celebrates with Hashem. That's why the, the title, the acronym this month is Anilo Dedi, I come to my beloved. Because in this month, it's not that Hashem has to specifically command us what to do, and we should do this, we should do that. Rather, it's we on ourselves are coming to Hashem. And this is so important to Hashem that we should make it our own, with our own initiative to come close to Hashem, that Hashem sets up the world in a way that the world... Um, gives us lots of questions. Hashem could have created a world where there aren't any questions. We could have created a world where everything is obvious and clear. This is the right, this is wrong, this, this, this is good, this is bad. You could see what, how good things bring blessings and not good things are the opposite. Things could have been very clear. But Hashem made the world in a way that's confusing, that there are questions. Why do you make it so confusing? Why? 
even though, not just it's confusing because of things that happen in life, even Hashem's instructions are confusing. But although there's a code of Jewish law, although there's all these customs, if most of the time, you have to figure out yourself what Hashem wants you to do. It's not clear in the code of Jewish law what Hashem wants you to do. Most of the time, not just some of the time, most of the time, you look at the Shulchan Aruch, and you want to keep all, everything that's in Shulchan Aruch, most of the time, you have to figure out what is Hashem wants you to do. Why? The reason is, is because Hashem, Hashem would rather have millions of mitzvahs not done, less, less, Hashem would lose millions and millions and billions of mitzvahs as long as as long as the Jew comes to Hashem from himself. So Hashem gives up all the light of that name and all the experience in the Shema there. And he sends the Shema from there to here, this world, with all the confusion. But Hashem wants it to be anilabe. The Jew by himself should compose to Hashem. That's the goal. So because the goal is anilabe, that we should compose to Hashem by ourselves. That's why there's no rules about the celebration. Yeah, it's a great celebration. But if there was a rule, don't say Tachman, that would rule the whole ambulance. The rule. Okay, oh, now you're supposed to celebrate. That's not, that's not what's supposed to be. It's supposed to be something which we're celebrating by ourselves because we, because Anila, because we're coming to Hashem. This also um, uh, leads us to another facet of this parable. The simple meaning of the parable is to answer the question of the Altar and Kulatera. The question is, how come it's not a holiday? And the answer is because the revelation of Hashem isn't a mundane. But this, question, but this parable also answers another question. A question like this. Just explaining how El was about we, on our own accord, making a step in close to Hashem. Not because Hashem is, is inspiring us, not because Hashem is drawing us, but because we want to go come close to Hashem. So if that's what this month is about, our own initiative, so that means that Hashem is not inspiring us, it's not something which is... Which is uh, uh, like a Shanim Kippur, Hashem is drawing us to Him, rather than coming to Hashem on our own accord. So, how can we say that El is for everyone? How can we say this, that this month is a month when every Jew can come culture to Hashem? Not every person is interested. People aren't interested. So, okay, so you, you, you have this opportunity. If, if, if you, you, you go on the internet and you are uh, getting all these uh, um, uh, ads for life insurance, maybe the best life insurance, but you don't want life insurance, it's not going to help. So if maybe Hashem is accessible and closer to us, etc., but if I'm not interested, I'm not interested. So how can we say that El is something which helps every single Jew, even those Jews who are, who are disinterested, and they have no, no, no uh, doesn't mean anything to them, if it's something which is inspiring, it's okay, then, then a Jew who is not interested, so Hashem inspires and Hashem lifts them up. But if it's not inspiring, if it's just that Hashem is making an opportunity available, then it doesn't affect all everyone. It only affects people who are interested. It doesn't, people, it doesn't affect people which are dis, doesn't affect people which are, who are disenfranchised and not interested. So how can we say on the one hand it touches everybody, even those who are very distant? And on the other hand, it's not that Hashem inspires you. It's you coming to Hashem by yourself. How can we both? That's what the purpose of the parable is. The parable says that the king comes to a field. On the one hand, when the king is in the field, he is more accessible. Everyone could go see it. On the other hand, the way he is in the field is in a way that that he doesn't make you feel um, that it's anything special is happening. Because since he's not wearing his will, he's not wearing his crown, he looks like everybody else. So therefore, you, you, the, the fact that he's present in the place of the field 
it's not something which is like, oh, that's amazing. It's not amazing because the king doesn't look, look like a king. He looks like a regular person. So that's why on the one hand we're saying it's everyone has the ability to greet the king. On the other hand, the altar uses the words, anyone who wants to will greet the king. Why do I say the word want to? Because in, in the palace, you don't have to talk about wanting to. If you're in the palace, you are struck by the king's presence. There's nothing else going on but the king in the palace. When the king is in the field, so you have your things you're doing, you're busy doing your stuff in the field. And the king happens to be in the field. And he doesn't look, look, look like, like anything special. So why going to the king? Only if you want to. Only if you want to go to the king, then you want to go to the king. That, it's not something you, you, you do by yourself. It's something you're only going to do if you want to. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. So, so how does it affect everyone? If we're saying it's only empowering, then how does it affect everyone? So let's ask that, answer that question, but you know, we have to ask other questions. This question. So, the, in the parable, the Alter Rebbe uses the expression, the king accepts everyone with a beautiful face, and he shows everyone a smiling face. What is the difference between accepting, and why by accepting does he use the word beautiful face? And what is the meaning of the word showing, and for showing he says smiling face. What's accepting with beautiful face and showing with smiling face? What are those two things? So the answer is like this. One of the unique things that happens in Elul is that the revelation of Hashem is yes, it's not just to the field. It's also to the desert. Also people which have no interest. Even Jews who are in the desert, meaning they're involved in things which are not kosher and they're doing things which are not good. The revelation of Hashem touches them as well. How do we know that? Where does it say that? It says in the, in the, in the Kut Torah, it only says kings in the field, it doesn't say the kings in the desert. If the purpose is this revelation, why is Hashem coming to the field? What does what, what Hashem want to accomplish for coming to the field? He loves his people, he wants to be close to them, but what does he want to do? What, 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 what's the purpose? Everything Hashem creates is for, is, is for a purpose. The purpose of this revelation is in order to inspire us to do Teshuvah, to return to Hashem. Who needs to do Teshuvah? In the simple sense, shuva means shuva for wrongdoing. That means, and what's what's the source of all wrongdoing? The source of all wrongdoing is rejecting Hashem as your king, casting off Hashem's sovereignty. As the Mitzvah writes in the beginning of their Chaim, Mitzvah writes, says in the pasuk, they were wayward in the path of iniquity, and they fasted for their sins. The Mitzvah says this pasuk means a person is wayward from the path of iniquity. The person doesn't know what's causing him to make mistakes. He's wayward, he's off, he doesn't get what the path of sin is. He doesn't know this is the path of sin. And because he doesn't know what the path of sin is, he says, you know what, I'm making all these mistakes, I know what I need to do. The go-to place is, I must hurt my body. I have to fast. Because I know what the problem is. The problem is uh, that I'm, I'm uh, making all these mistakes, my, my body is so low, I'm making all these mistakes, and I better hurt the body, and I better, better fast to, 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 to break it. So Mithra Rebbe says, why he makes such a decision? Because you don't know what the path of sin is. The path of sin has nothing to do with, with, with uh, body's indulgence. That's not the path of sin. The path of sin is that you've cast off in yourself the yoke of Hashem. The beginning of serving Hashem is accepting Hashem as your king. That's the meaning of greeting the king in the field. It doesn't mean to go outside and to spend time in the park. Going to greet the king in the field means that you try to inspire yourself, that you want Hashem to be your king. You say to yourself, you say to your neshama, you say, I want to accept Hashem as my king. You want to inspire yourself that from now on, 
I am his faithful servant, I am his child, I'm going to serve Hashem. That's what greeting the king means. The king means I'm going to I'm going to accept Hashem as my king. That means before I did that, where was I? I wasn't. I, I cast off the yoke of Hashem. I was involved in not good things. Not just I was involved in not good things. I didn't have Hashem as my king. I, I had other things governing my life. He wasn't my king. I cast it. So why does the king come to the field? The king comes to the field in order to change that. In order that people who are in the desert, people who are not interested, people have cast off the yoke of Hashem, that they should leave the desert and they should come to the field to greet the king. So the language of the Alpharev is tricky. The Alpharev says, king comes to the field. Because Hashem's presence and sin are a tr- contradiction. So the revelation of Hashem isn't in the sin, in, isn't in the desert, it's to the Jews who are in the desert. It's not to the desert itself, it's to the Jews in the desert. The king is in the field. He's not in the place of sin. But those who are not, we are in the desert, uh, present company excluded, of course, you guys have gone to, to, to the field a long time ago, but, uh, but, but those who are in the desert, they haven't gone to greet the king. So the king, yes, the people in the desert could see the king in the field and they could go there. Going there means to sincerely be faithful to Hashem, Hashem as a king. That's where they can go. What happens when you try to go to the king? What happens? So a regular person who's used to doing things which he shouldn't be doing, and he tries to go to greet the king, or let's say a regular person tries to die. He tries a diet, and he gets this great uh, bike and everything, and he wants to return the bike after a week <clears throat> because, you know, uh, the fat guy woke up. Yeah, he was very sincere about it, but then the fat guy wakes up. Like, forget about it. I can't do this. So we try to greet the king in the field, make a very sincere decision, and then we get sidetracked. Ayutahara, our evil inclination, uh, imprisons us, and we can't leave the desert. So what's the reaction of Hashem to that? That's what the Al- says. The king accepts everyone with a beautiful face. What's the emphasis of the word? Everyone, even those people who want to greet the king, but they can't because the Yetzirah doesn't let them. And they make a step forward and they make 10 times backward and they go again forward and backward. All these people which are confused. So Hashem tells us, He shows us that I accept your, I accept your efforts. I, I have nachas, I have pleasure from your steps towards me. I don't just look at the steps that you've taken away from me. On the contrary, I look at the baby step you made towards me and, I have, and the king smiles. And, ah, it's, it's such a pleasure to see you made a step towards me. So what, what, what's the reaction? Imagine the reaction of the, uh, of the, of the people. They, they, they realize the king has gone all the way here to the field. He's gone all this way just because he wants us to come close to him. And he's given up his royal robes and his whole comfort zone just his incredible love for us, he's leading it all beside to be with us just so we could be, be closer to him. And I am this loyutzlach, I'm this unsuccessful guy who's unable to get out of the desert and go to the king and I keep on stripping on my shoelaces and I keep on getting stuck with my own trivial things so I, so, so I feel like a lowlife. But then I say, no, the king, wow, you're incredible, that's great, look what you've done. The king greets everyone, he accepts everyone to be He accepts our efforts to come close to the king. Then the altar adds another line. The line the altar adds is, and the king shows everyone his smiling face. What does that mean? He shows. First he uses the word he accepts, and he changes the word shows. What's the difference? Accepts means there's something outside of the king, he's accepting. Shows means the king is showing something of his own. It's not something that he's receiving from the outside, it's something which he's revealing, which is in the inside. 
I was showing this yesterday how uh, when my, my, I picked my son from the airport, he was very excited to show me a trophy he got, he got in camp. And for me, that was a anti climax. My son came back. <laughs> Who cares about the trophy? He got a trophy. I mean, I'm not just in the trophy. It's true. It's a trophy for a good thing for, because it was whatever. But, but, but that's not, that's anti climax. My uh, son came home. Wow, my son's home. So, in a similar way, the Abishter has a lot of pleasure from our Terramitsis. But far beyond the pleasure of Terramitsis, Hashem doesn't, as, as Donny said yesterday, Donny Collins said yesterday, we're married today, let's see doesn't love us any less we're doing a vera. doesn't love, love, love us any more when we're doing mitzvah. Why does love us? He loves us because we're his kingdom, because we're his children. So, this talks about different kinds of pleasure. There are pleasures you have from things. Things can't really touch the essence of your pleasure. Things are just such, it's called in Chassidus, tiny tamurkah. A pleasure which has which is a composite of something else. It's not just pleasure. Something else there besides the pleasure. Like you understand an idea. It's pleasure from an idea. You, know, you, you, you have you have a uh, piece of licorice. A pleasure from the licorice. You, you, you pleasure from doing getting stuck. It's pleasure from the stuck. Then there is a pleasure of your very core, a pure pleasure. It's not it's not of something. It's your pleasure. The pleasure Hashem has from us. The pleasure Hashem has from a Jew is the deepest pleasure he has. That's much higher than the pleasure of Timothy. It's much higher than the pleasure of even Chuba. Even Chuba, I'm coming back to Hashem. Like in the analogy, I said, it's like son coming back home. Oh, that's like Chuba. My son coming back home. It's even higher than the pleasure Hashem has from our Chuba, from us coming back home, is the pleasure he has in us, ourselves. The pleasure he has in us. Since Hashem's deepest pleasure is in us, so it says in the Torah, when you look in the water, you see a reflection of your face, and so too, when you have feelings for someone else, they naturally have feelings for you back. You love someone, they naturally have feelings back towards you. That's a natural experience. At least you're in the same social status. Same social status, you have show love for someone, they naturally love you back. If you're in a higher social status, then you show love for someone, then the, the love is much more intense. If the love is coming from a great king to a very to, to, to a person who is one of the... Uh, uh, People who is the, the low lives of society, and the great king shows his love for this person, and takes him to the palace, and hugs and kisses him. The altar says in Tanya, even if he's hard like stone, he'll melt below it. So Hashem shows everyone a smiling face. Everyone. And Hashem, when the person tries to make an effort to come close to Hashem, the Hashem shows the Jew, he reveals to the Jew, he reveals to you, Neshama, the pleasure he has in you. Hashem shows you that he has pleasure in you, beyond the pleasure he has in your tshuva and your mitzvahs. Hashem shows you the pleasure He has in you, yourself. And because that pleasure is the essence of Hashem's pleasure, that evokes in you as well, that your pleasure is also in Hashem. Not just that you also have pleasure from Hashem, but just by Hashem, His, his deepest pleasure. It's from you that causes also by a Jew, that reveals in the Jew, it reveals in ourselves how our deepest pleasure is in Hashem. Hashem showing us His pleasure in us reveals in us our pleasure in Hashem. So when we feel such a pleasure in Hashem, that gives us more impetus and more strength to overcome obstacles and to leave the desert and to, and to greet the king. So that's the, 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 the order of the parable. First, the author of it says, can come to the field. Then he says, anyone who wants to go can greet the king. Why well, say the word want to again? Because it's not something that you would naturally want to do. Because the king doesn't look, 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 look like the king. And then... When you do make the effort to come greet the king, 
then the Abish uh, to reveals to you the pleasure he has to move that you're making towards him. And the Shem reveals to you more, not just the pleasure he has from the things you're doing, but the pleasure he has from you yourself. But then the Rebbe asks the question of this whole thing. The theme of the month of Elul is, I am coming from my beloved, from ourselves. From our, it's from our own accord. Think about it. Maybe the king's not wearing his robes. Maybe the king's not wearing his crown. But if the, this is their king, and the king is the heart of the people, that means the connection people have with the king is in their very court. Their love for the king and their desire to be with the king is something which is in their very essence. How, if the king is coming to the field to be with the people, how can we say it's coming from ourselves? The very fact you hear the words, the king is in the field, that already, already strikes something. Like, wow. So how can we say, I am coming from, to, to Hashem by myself, when it's Hashem is revealing him, Hashem is coming close to me. The connection of the people to, to the king could be hidden because the king is far away. But the king comes to the same place as the people, their connection is revealed. So why is it an illusion? The answer, Rebbe says, is that the, the king's coming to the field is something that facilitates the revelation of your deepest essence. It's not that Hashem is pulling you. Hashem's presence in the field and a smile in the field is something which reveals who you are. It's not like where Hashem is dragging you. There's some robotic effect of some light of Hashem that's drawing something of you. Rather, it's even higher than that. that it, it, it's more inspiring, but it's not called Hashem bringing us to it. It's not called Doi Because Hashem reveals in us our since our desire to greet the king is inside us, so when we, when we say that Hashem comes to the field and that triggers this desire to be with him, what's really happening is our deepest self is being, is being revealed. As Abdani was saying yesterday, or was actually the real Shalom was saying yesterday, that uh, you heard you by the rain? You heard the rain. No, you, you all missed it. He was saying about how when his father did Shuma, he, he felt his father was becoming himself. He felt, ah, my dad is being himself. He was crying. But it's, it's very, very powerful. Anyway, so, so, so in a similar way, when the Abisha comes to the field, it's not that Hashem is, is, is zapping us. He's helping us be ourselves. That's why it's called Anila's lady. I am coming to the king by myself. L'chaim, L'chaim, Eusha Abbas, which is greet the king and be there. L'chaim, 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 thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm gonna say. That's what I'm gonna say. The king is in the field. He tells you who God is. Hashem reveals Himself in that. The king is in the field. Something Hashem shows us in that. But really, He is the king. The field, the whole year as well, right? He's the same guy. He shows us how He wants to be with us in the month. That's why I say that the poor people who don't have a chance on this. I think Hashem is just lying, angry at them. He's a different guy, he's a different guy. What?
חודש טוב, ברוך השם, we're in חודש אלול, and a very very special month, and as usual, as we do once a month, we want to talk about the power of אלול, of the month. And of course, אלול is famous of being the month of תשובה, the month of repentance, the month of getting my act together, That's what we associate the month with, and the energy of the month is the energy of chuvas, the energy of the month.